Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey everyone, welcome back to the HA podcast. We have our recovery story today. Yay, I'm joined by Abby Love. She is, um, we've been talking for a while. Um, yeah. You know, I've had, yeah, you know, I, I haven't, I don't know your story super duper in depth, which is exciting. I haven't been, um, you know, I didn't work one-on-one with you extensively or anything. So this is a, right. a, a nice opportunity to kind of sit back and hear from you um, about your story. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Danny. And I'm, I mean, I'm just one of your success stories, but I'm from afar. I was afraid to commit. I found the podcast um, at a low point in anger and it, it saved me. So I'm, you know, maybe, maybe some of your listeners from, you know, can relate that, you know, I tried to solve it on my own. Looking back, I so would have rather joined the HA Society or, you know, called you so much sooner. But nevertheless, your podcast actually did, you know, help me along and recovered quite, quite well. So I've been recovered for a little over a year. And, but I feel like it started way before that. I was, I was telling you that I was kind of reflecting on you know, how 
this came to be and and where it started and and I was telling you that it was such a beautiful tribute to what you do and yeah I'm I'm excited to actually just to be able to brag on you for, <laughs> for saving yeah. me from afar so thank you no that's I mean that's what the show is for yeah I we we completely believe that most people are are capable of recovery um, on their own and you when I met you you had recovered on your own so but uh, but I am honest I am honestly so honored to have played a role and to like have been there for all like all the people listening like to play any kind of role um in their journey is so fulfilling uh and today you get to do that for people listening so that's pretty yeah. cool yeah I mean I'm really excited I never thought that I'd be you know on this podcast or on any podcast so it's just pretty exciting <laughs> for me <laughs> yeah it's like uh you have to be careful because if you talk to me like at some point I'll probably just invite you <laughs> onto the show <laughs> uh you know like this is just be careful <laughs> um okay okay so tell tell the people a bit more about you who you are where you're from what you do um and then kind of dive into where your recovery story begins for us Okay. So I'm um, 28 years old and I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina for college and never left because it's gorgeous. And um, I'm a teacher. I teach fourth grade. I've been teaching fourth grade for um, six, six years, I think six or seven. And I find that extremely stressful, which. Yeah. I've heard to start everything. Stuff. Yeah, I thought going to school my whole life, I would be fine. <laughs> it's like, I know how this goes and uh, sorely mistaken, but it's quite all right. But um, I think that it, one of the things when I was you know, reflecting and, and thinking about what I would say when you asked me to be on the show of where it began, oh my gosh, you know, I thought mm. when I had lost my period for about three years, I, you know, I assumed it started then, but you know, it always starts so much sooner than yeah, that. I mean, like, to actually determine where it started would be a whole podcast in and of itself. Right. I'm right. sure you have like an idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my poor mom was always on a diet. I mean, I went, I went with her for, you know, uh, Weight Watchers. I, I, I saw her go through Jenny Craig and, you know, it was always something that she wanted to to fix in herself. And so it was always something I was fixated on because I love my mom. And, you know, like I remember being in grade school and I always felt like the chunky kid. And sure. I mean, I was sensitive about wearing a large and, you know, by middle school, I really thought that people only paid attention to the kids that they thought were attractive. And so I started getting kind of obsessive you know, like, oh, these girls are able to wear a two-piece bathing suit. And that was like a big deal. And mm -hmm. I went to my mom and said like, mom, can I have a two-piece bathing suit? And she loved me enough to be like, you know, I don't know if you're ready for that. And it was like all the confirmation that I needed. Yeah. I mean, she was trying to protect me because I, you know, I was, I was soft. I was kind of, you know, jiggly. I was, I was going through a growth spurt and she loved me enough. She was like, you know, maybe not. And then she said, you know, instead of having, you know, a lot of cookies after school, maybe you should reach for an apple instead, like just, and so it already started that idea of, okay, I need to change something early on. And, you know, I, I, I didn't have a really good relationship with exercise, you know, cause we had like a small house and I felt like if I was doing jumping jacks or something in my room, my dad would come up and he'd be like, what are you doing in here? You know, Cause I was shaking the whole house, you know, by doing jumping jacks or like, it, it just wasn't something that was really um, encouraged. Not that right. it was frowned upon, but I, I definitely didn't feel like that. I mean, I can remember going on like a special K diet that I picked up from a magazine. Mm -hmm. And I guess my whole story is really one of anger because I followed every magazine. I tried every single diet just because I, I liked having that kind of control. And where I first started losing my period was right around when COVID happened. And it was a time of complete lack of control. Well, I guess that's when I started caring about it. 
put it that way. Cause I was newly married and I already had this mentality of, I don't want to be a fat wife. I don't want to look like I let myself go. So I was already starting to like obsessively exercise as soon as I, you know, got out of college. Oh, let's not even mention that I, I was psychotic about gaining the freshman 15. I was like, mm. it's going to be the freshman negative 15. And it was okay. Right. So, I mean, I already had a lot of the over-exercising and under eating. I was, I, I went through now looking back like three different eating disorders. I started off on more of a binge eating disorder where, you know, if it was there, I had to have it and I had to have it in excess. And then I, instead of throwing up, then I was just not eating for, you know, a day or two and then see 20 more candy bars and eat all of those. And it was just a wicked cycle. What was balance? I don't know. And then after that, I went into a full-fledged orthorexia for like three or four years where I, I think I was up to exercising maybe five hours a day. I had like yoga. I did yoga in the morning and it was all through like the sweat app, which has been, was a crazy, I don't know if it still is or not, but I love it. I still have it. Is but, that that like one by Kayla someone? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it is. So I had that and the lovely thing about it, they encourage a healthy moderation, but you can just keep clicking on workouts and it started becoming an obsession. I loved like, let me see how many different forms of exercise I can get in one day. I did half hour of yoga. I, I would walk after that. Um, then I would have a cup of tea and, you know, wouldn't eat until maybe one o'clock. So <laughs> getting in multiple exercises first thing in the morning. And then I lifted weights for a good hour and a half. Um, I went for an, like a jog before my husband would get off of work. Then I would go for a walk with him. And then, you know, depending on how much I ate that day determined whether or not I took a, you know, took a break or added something else on. So I was always doing that, that bartering of, if I ate this, I have to exercise this much. I counted calories. I, I did all of it, a combination. And basically I learned it all from magazines, from society, from the TV, from any single website I could find. I mean, I think I was for a while, even on um, like the bikini competitors, I was going on their crazy diets just, you know, when it was recommended for a month, I was doing it for six months. <laughs> I, I was really deep into it. And then I remember, um, after, after a while that I actually had slipped into an anorexia where I was terrified to eat anything because I knew exactly how much I should weigh at two o'clock. I should, I knew if I wanted to lose weight by the next day, I, I knew how much I had to eat, like even measuring the, qu the quantities of liquids I was taking in to make sure that I was less. Because to me, if you didn't lose weight by the following day, you had failed in the day before, right? <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I can even recall for maybe two years, I was doing 20 push-ups every time I went to the bathroom. I remember getting, cause you have that program through email where it's jumpstart your HA recovery. And right, I can't remember challenge, right? Okay. I can't, I did it. And I was shocked by the one day when you said, where are the other places that you're putting exercise in your life? And I was like, oh, I mean, like I've slowed down on my exercise a great deal. But then when you had mentioned like squats, when you're brushing your teeth and all of that, I realized how much extra exercise besides all of the normal five hours that I was doing still counted. I was totally. so deep into it. I was so deep. I, I can't even believe I was able to claw myself out. It's yeah. I mean, it sounds like it sounds pretty chronic, like it's in every area of your life at this point. Yes. And the, here's the terrible thing is that I had finally 
you know, after college and I had been married for a few years, I had finally reached a place where I thought I was thin enough. I was actually happy with the way things were, but then I started having this nagging feeling like, yeah, I still don't have a period, still don't have a period. At first it was a joke. And then it became this, what's wrong with me? Like, I I didn't want to have a baby. I wasn't ready for that, but what's wrong? And, and I was so angry because I went to so many doctors and nobody cared. Nobody cared at all. I mean, the first doctor I went to, uh, it was just a general checkup and, uh, and, you know, she asked me if there were any problems. And I said, well, I'm a little concerned that I haven't had a period in three years. And she was like, oh, why do you think that is? I mean, are you trying to get pregnant? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, why do you care that at this time then? And I said, well, I just feel like there's something wrong. And I, I like to check off all my boxes. I wanted to make sure that everything about me was perfect because that was the only place that I felt like I could, I could like myself. If I had done everything perfectly, then I liked myself. And that was just a nagging thing coming up that meant that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't perfect or up to the level I should be. And, you know, she said, well, you know, we can get you on some birth control. And I said, well, I really don't want to do birth control because I know it has other side effects. And she was like, well, you know, there's really no other way to fix it. Like, that's what they told me. I know I was, I was so, I was like, really? And I mean, I brought this woman, my full eating calendar. Like it, it was so obvious. I brought her like months and months of like, I had two five ounce pieces of chicken this day. I had two carrots this day. Like it was that measured out for months and months and months. I brought her the fact that I had been drinking 10 cups of tea a day. I brought her the fact that my general vitamin had caffeine in it because it was a metabolism boosting. I brought my pre-workout, which was just a caffeine drink. And none of that stood out to her. She was like, oh, well, maybe your calories are a little low. Um, but you know what? I really could take a page out of your book is what she told me. <gasps> she did. I she, know, was like, dude. Oh, wow. she, she was like, well, look at me. I'm a little overweight. You know, I would, I would like to be down to your weight, you know, maybe. And so it completely, yeah, I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to help. But she said, well, maybe you should speak to a nutritionist. Tried and tried and tried to get a hold of the nutritionist. Nobody would call me back over like a month. Oh, even no. I even had the doctor contact the nutritionist and they it's like they me. don't like money or something. I know. And then my mom, my mom's a nurse, and my mom told me, you know, hey, I've got somebody at the place I work that is a nutritionist. Maybe, you know, she's we're pretty close, but she talked to you. And the lady, she was super nice. And she said, Hey, I really like how you kind of restock your food on the weekends. Cause like I, I have a, I had a slice of pizza and popcorn, like four or five bags of popcorn on the weekends, along with, you know, my very, like my, my tiny piece of tuna and my little like unflavored peas and, you know, everything is tiny portions, but you know, she was like, yeah, it's good that you have a little bit more calories there. But you know, it does, it looks good. I think you're, I think you're doing well. And so I didn't even have that confirmation from, you know, a diet, I think she was a dietitian. I wasn't really sure of which nutritionist or dietitian, because I know that there's a difference, but I'm not really well educated on the difference there. Um, but so I still had nothing from there. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to a gynecologist. Maybe they'll think that this is a real issue. And logical. Right. <laughs> For, went to the first one and she told me, she was like, um, uh, she told me that I needed to eat red meat. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, you need to eat red meat and salt. It's like, oh, okay. I could, I could try that. And she's like, but honestly, you should really just be on birth control. I said, well, I don't want to be on Yeah, Same thing. I I don't want to be on birth control. And she was like, well, this problem is never going to fix itself unless you're on birth control. Uh, Well, 
can, I mean, can you look at all of the stuff? Like I brought her the same thing I brought the other doctor with all of my measurements, how much I was exercising, all of this stuff. And she was like, yeah, you just, you just need to be on birth control. And then she, when I asked her if there was anything else I could do, like nutritionally, if I was missing something, she got nasty with me. She got huffy and like, well, I mean, I guess you can try to, you know, do the red meat and and more salt for, you know, a few weeks, but it's something like this needs, it'll take a long, long time and you won't get your period back for a long, long time. And I I was like, but it's possible. Yeah. (laughs) But she was like, well, I don't know, but come and see me in a month and then we can talk about it. So basically, even if it had been solvable, she wasn't even willing to give me the amount of time I needed to see. She just wanted to get me on birth control right away. I tried another gynecologist after that. And it was that other gynecologist that she tried me on the starts with the P yeah, the, the challenge, my body didn't respond to that. And then she, she convinced me that I should try birth control just as a can this work thing. Yeah. Two months of birth control and it still didn't work. I was, I was that deep in that it it was not working. I mean, my body temperatures were so low, you know, because COVID you had to take your temperature every time you entered a building. And I mean, my temperatures were like 94. Whenever you would get um, like a blood pressure tested at that brand because you know like you just even you go to the optometrist they check your blood pressure um do you were you usually like low super super low and everybody kind of congratulated me on that I got rejected from um donating blood because my temperature was so low but they were like it's it's really great for you that you know kind of like your experience where they're like I'm jealous I'm jealous yes and I was like dude, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the amount of like the side effects I had from being that thin, I mean, my husband and I, we have a motorcycle and I would randomly fall asleep. And I mean, it's a sport bike. So if you're not holding on sleep, I, I would, I would just Less. fall asleep all of a sudden. I never told him because he would never had me back like on the back again. <laughs> but I mean, I was falling asleep every time I was going out for a walk. I like my, um, uh, like my yeah. shins, I was getting like the stress fractures. Um, I was even getting them well, in my way. wrist from, yeah, I was, I was, I was real bad. I was real off. Um, were you a very I mean, low body weight by this point? Oh yeah. I yeah, like super lean. Yes, I had. And and I thought I was able to pass like any fitness test. I thought I was doing great. Um, I I was able to do P90X in my sleep. Like I was like, yeah, like quick, quick thing on that too, because that's a very common one that we can all resonate with. Look how fit I am. Look how far I can run. Look how like low my blood pressure is. Look how like, look at me. Um, just because we can do that actually like doesn't even mean anything it's such a funny it's such a funny like marker of health I get to like some degree it makes sense but at a certain point like you know being at the level of like elite triathlon endurance doesn't actually like make any sense because as as, you know we are designed to adapt to stresses like if you put your body through enough stress if you lift enough weight if you have to run long enough your body will be like okay this is a situation we're in we better adapt to make this a livable it's not like it's not like oh my gosh I love this I'm gonna get more healthy it's just like no we're going to adapt to stress that's actually all that's happening so I don't know just throwing that out there no it's 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 so true. It's, they have to resonate with that. I mean, I just, because I was shocked at how many things were wrong and I would come and tell people my side effects and they never were able to connect it. I mean, I had, I told you, I had like all of the, the, um, the pigmentation on my face, which I found out just recently was connected to hormone imbalance. Um, I mean, I could not, hold my pee. I was peeing my pants 
all the time, all the time. Of course, I also was psychotically drinking about 20 glasses of water a day. So there's that, but could not, I was constantly peeing my pants. I was like, bringing were you, a th- were you to partly drinking all that water too? Cause you were thirsty a lot. Yes. Yeah. I was thirsty. Um, but, but it's like, it's almost like the more I drank and because I had nothing else, well, you yeah. know, what the magazine say drink two glasses of water before you eat all, every meal and you need to have at least eight. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get double then. Like, you know, yeah. everything. You know, I feel that- like if, if you feel like you can't leave the house without your drink bottle, like if you're yes. freaked out by leaving the house or you, 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 you know, it's like, you can actually go to the grocery store for like an hour trip without a water bottle. Like you should be able yeah. to do that. <laughs> I was not, I was yeah, not doing I, that. I did I that am, too, trust me. I'm such a textbook case. I'm like right there. I, I've mm. got to be the absolute typical. Um, but yeah, I, I, after I was, I was like, whatever kind of birth control they put me on, I was having morning sickness. Like I was pregnant like every day, I mean, in the bathroom at school, I'm sure it only encouraged all of the, the rumor talking around me, but, but it, I, I just had reached a low point. I was trying to, you know, get some sort of result and I was so discouraged. And it was at that point that I ordered my doctor. I was like, I need you to come and talk to me again, just what is like, it's not working and I'm miserable. And, and she was like, okay, well, there's still more things we can do. And I was like, but what are we treating? What is wrong? What, like, what is this? You know, you have to have some sort of idea as to what I have. If you have plans of action, right? Nobody would tell me. And then she finally was like, well, I think you have hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I said, what's that? And she explained it in the very doctor way where I'm sitting there with a pen. I didn't even know what to write down. I'm like, okay, well, all right, how do I fix this? And she was like, well, you know, we can switch the birth control and we can, we can treat it with that to at least get you a natural bleed and all of this stuff. And, and I said, well, how do you spell this? I'm going to research it. She said, no, no, no don't research it. Why? It'll only make your condition worse. What? What? Okay. Well, that's All a right. new one. Yes. I mean, <sighs> to be diagnosed and then for her to say that, I was like, okay, fine. Didn't listen. Bought myself like seven hormone books. And then I Googled and I found your podcast. And that's when I started at that ultimate low point. And, and I had my period back in like two, two months, but, but it, if you could imagine how extreme I was on one end, I threw everything into personality, isn't it? Oh yeah. I'm not, I don't take things lightly. (laughs) Okay. So So. you, as soon as you, so that's really interesting. I feel like those people are certainly, I don't know if they're less common or what, but, um, it's very interesting to me, the people who can be like, oh, okay, I'll just do that. Well, Um, I mean, let's not think that it was easy. There was crying. There was temper tantrums. Oh, it was terrible. And then I was trying to, I, I did not have my mental game together. I was not accepting. And if you remember, you actually answered one of my questions on the podcast of Hmm. when can I lose weight again, kind of deal, or I can't remember how we phrased it, but you very kindly were like, Hey, if you don't let this fix, it's you're never going to be comfortable. And, and that was when I had already been recovered like six or seven months I was like, is it time? Can I get back? Am I done yet? Because I mean, I, I stopped exercising completely. Like I, cause I had never taken a rest day. I mean, we're talking five, six, seven years of exercise, never one rest day ever had to get my, um, I was up to 15,000 steps, had to get that a day. 
Um, I also was only sleeping for maybe four or five hours a night. Let's just. And you were still doing that in in, like when you were recovered or you didn't cry out? Well, it was the more I learned, the more I did. So it was like every day because I had a backlog of podcasts. Mm -hmm. So every day when I would listen, because nobody wanted to talk to me about hormones by that point, they were so done hearing about me after I found out about it because I was, I was pissed. Yeah, I I wanted everybody to know how I had been wronged (laughs) and I wanted everybody to know that this, this is a problem that it was able to be fixed without pills. Mm. And it, you know, it's, I, I really started taking it one piece of advice at a time, like, um, from your challenge, like social media wasn't a huge issue for me. No, I take that back. It was. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't see, I only have, I only yeah. have Facebook. I only have Facebook, but if you look at who I, you know, I follow like the rock Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> like anybody that was hardcore fitness, even, I mean, it didn't occur to me that they weren't women. <laughs> I was like, let's get it. Um, I think I told you, I, yeah. I watched like the Rocky training montages, like it's porn. I mean, I'm like, wow, I can't, I love it. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. So, um... Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even we have created a checklist it's a three-page checklist that goes through food types behaviors around food and mindsets around food and what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing whether it be daily weekly monthly quarterly and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today so it's a really simple checklist it's just three pages you go through it there's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery and it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. But yeah, I cut, I started um, trading out my caffeine in the morning. I started limiting that. Um, and then I, oh, it, incoming the stage of potatoes. Hadn't had potatoes in years, mm. um, with the exception of one time on Thanksgiving. And then I would run a 5K to make up for the potatoes. But let's just leave that one where it is. Um, <laughs> but I, had, I started in, incorporating sweet potatoes. And one of your podcasts, you mentioned, you'll know that you're through recovery when peanut butter becomes just a regular food. Yes. I mean, I was having, I was having like an affair with the peanut butter jar every day. Like I was cleaning it out a whole jar in a day because that was like a, an allowed food, no car, low carbs, you know, if no carbs, I don't think, and fat and protein. Ooh. And it was always like candy until I would But anyway, so I started like incorporating potatoes and then I started buying different types of meats and I kind of, I went through like a very large bloat period. Um, I don't know 
I don't like I have no doctor to say this, but I do remember learning about the soldiers coming back in World War II from the Pacific. And when they finally got food again, that they went through like a major bloat period because, you know, they, you know, after being prisoners in the Pacific. And I remember feeling massive because I gained, I gained, I went from a hundred pounds up to 140 within a few months. And I mean, that's really unhealthy to do that fast, but the body's like, what do I do with all of this? Yeah. I do with all of this glucose. Like I haven't processed all of this before and it starts to hurt. Were you uncomfortable? Oh my goodness. And so unwilling to part with my double zero genes and my Mm. size two genes and everything else. So unwilling to part with it. And, you know, bless my husband. Cause he, you know, he went along with me and never once did he ever put criticism on anything I did, but there were a few times where I'm like, I'm hideous. Yep. 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 <laughs> and, and I remember him getting out all of his clothes and trying on all of his jeans for me. And he was like, look, these are all the same size and look at how I look pudgy in this pair. Look at how I've got like muffin top on this pair. Look at how these oh, ones are bad. I love him. But he, I mean, he did, he like showed me the tags for each They're one and the it, same. they were all the same. And it wasn't until seeing it on a guy, a guy who, I mean, he, he looks great. Like he's in, he's in great shape and everything. Seeing him have the same things that I was battling with mentally, it never, you know, it didn't, didn't really hit home. I have to be kind of smacked with, you know, or hit with bricks to accept things because I'm a very harsh judge on everybody and anybody. I'm extremely judgmental, but I like to, (laughs) I am you for your, like, I just am. Hey, but I like to think that I pass that same kind of judgment on myself and I mean, that's a lot of where my problems came from, right? It has been since, I mean, I recovered, but I was not mentally accepting of where I was for a long time. And I don't remember if it was you or Ashley that said, after a year, you start to look at your body differently. And honest to God, when I passed a year mark, I started realizing that like, I'm not overweight. I'm not, you know, like Mm. the the whole episode where it's not you, it's your clothes. Oh yeah. It was absolutely my clothes. And then I started, you know, it, 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 it was at that point that I was finally able to say like, okay, well, this is this doesn't mean I'm overweight. It just means I've got a little bit more junk here or, you know, I'm actually real thin here, but you know, this part's a little thicker. And I was starting to see and appreciate that. Like, this is, this is the way I'm shaped. It's not, uh, it's not like I'm like overweight in any kind of way in that, in that respect. But mm-hmm. I had listened to all of the stories about thunder thighs and all of, all of that, I always applied to myself. And I noticed that I'm a little bit less judgmental of other people because I've gotten nicer to myself. It's, which is, which is nice. I'm sure my friends appreciate it. Um, the few that I have. (laughs) Well, it sounds like through, through the adversity that you've actually gone through, you've been able to develop a level of compassion um, right. Like understanding empathy. I see what they're going through. I see how this happens now that, yeah. that in the past, I, you know, I equated weight with like the, in, the lack of discipline and the inability yes. to just like make it happen. And you're like, Oh, Absolutely. actually what I'm doing is, um, you know, a bit over the top and, and I'm also striving for, a, a actually something that's really quite difficult to obtain and remain right. healthy. And like you, you're just, you have more information allowing you right. to f- form this and more experience in the world. You know, it's just right. like, 
um, we, we just continue to mature and learn. And I do think that as a bunch of white women in Western countries, you know, this is, um, this is a form of adversity that we go through this process. Um, and we do, we are living in and have been raised in a very judgmental world when it comes to bodies and expectations on ourselves that like, we cannot be mad um, or judgmental of ourselves for the fact that this happened or that we had these beliefs. I really love and appreciate how you can call it out um, and see how this process has, yeah, changed your way of thinking. And that, yeah. you know, until you go through some something like this, it's actually very difficult to change your perspective. Yeah, I I mean, and then the fact that, and I don't know how this usually happens because usually you hear of people when they have an eating disorder never being satisfied with mm. the way they look. But I had actually reached a place where I was so proud. I was so, you know, in, in love with, you know, how much I exercised and I, I loved it. It was, it was my personality. It was the only thing I had. People came to me for advice. And then to recognize that there was an issue and I needed to let it go was not to be dramatic, but like soul crushing, because it was like, this is, this is the first and only time that I set a goal. I reached it. I kept it. You know, I had never set any other goals because like I said, this was an issue from even back in grade school where I wasn't in the body that I wanted. I saw as everybody being at an advantage because they were thinner than me. They had, you know, the, the, the typical stick cheerleading gymnast body. And I never thought it was possible for me. And then I went through all of it and I got it. And it didn't matter to me for a while that nothing else in my body was working, that everything was falling apart. And, and, and even, I mean, like it, I couldn't have been much fun to be around. Like, I don't know <laughs> again, bless my husband, like never, never once did he give me a hard time. He let me do, you know, what I wanted, but was also, you know, if I ever asked his advice, he, he gave it well, like, you know, is that really, I'm like, I don't know why I'm hungry. Well, what did you eat today? I had, you know, two carrots. You probably need a lot more protein apps. Like, you know, he was, he waited to be asked all the time, but, but was there from me from beginning to end. And I never felt like I was rejected because of it. I would have rejected me like good grief. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't go out to dinner with him without like looking at the menu and planning exactly what I was going to do and the exercise afterwards. Yeah. I, oh God. I, My husband went through the same thing. Many people said they really are like some of the unspoken MVPs yeah. um, for, for sort of like sticking by us. You know, <laughs> a lot of the time they don't actually realize that, um, you know, like, yes, they can see that like what we do is a bit uh, like, obsessive rigid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah rigid um but they don't necessarily know that it's like a problem right because I mean like I had that wasn't something I talked to my husband frequently about like oh missed a period again like I don't want to make him nervous or anything because it's mm -hmm. not like you know being married it's not like it would have been a bad thing to have kids but you know we were just newly married and, and we weren't really ready for that at all you know still wanted to go on vacations and cruises and everything with just the two of us and I you know he actually had a big weight loss journey himself when he got into college he dropped 60 pounds and kept it off has kept it off since you know for about like 10 years or so and so I always used him as my example but his, the things that he did were, was more appropriate for, you know, his hormones and stuff. It's, it wasn't appropriate for me. And it, it took me a very long time to figure that out. 
at, at all. I'm embarrassed to even say, you know, we have differences and why didn't I see it before? <laughs> There's so many things I wish I had known. I just, I really, looking back, really wish that I hadn't done it alone. Because by the time I met with you, I was recovered in the physical sense, but mentally an absolute mess, just like, didn't even know what to, you have the ability to discipline your way through things, regardless of how you feel. Right. Which is great. No, didn't. Well, I mean, it's a great quality for many things, but um, yeah, it kind of great quality if you're in like the military. (laughs) Well, you know, and I wanted to go into the military. Here's here's the thing. I did. I wanted to go into the military when I was in high school, but looking back on it, wanted to do it because I thought I could control my weight there best. Oh, yeah. I I could hide it. Same theory. I like really was like, maybe I should have like joined the Australian Defense Force because then they'll, it'll be like my job to be fit, you know? Yes. Yes. Which is actually not how it works. They drink like crazy, eat like crap. (laughs) And like, as soon as they're out of general training, they're just like regular people. But I mean, unless you become like a commando, which is just like, not going to happen. Oh, women aren't even on the front line most of the time. So yeah, The the whole thing is absurd. It's not even, it's not even, it's beyond the fact that I thought about it. I did all the training. I actually went through, I did, I went through the training. I went through the interviews to go into the ROTC in college. And then they, they told me that there was something wrong with my feet. And I was like, okay, well, it's a sign. I'll move on to something else. But I mean, like I was going that way. I, every one of my decisions, I mean, I even chose, here's the sick thing. I chose South Carolina away from Pittsburgh because I was like, Ooh, it's warmer. I'll have to be in a bathing suit frequently. Let me make sure that I stay thin by being in a a climate that's warmer where I'm always having to bathe bathing suit shock because it'll like mentally keep you focused. It'll mentally keep me thin. Yes. It's yeah. It's, it bled through everything, everything Mm -hmm. in my life. So so it was a hard breakup period. It was a really rough breakup, but I, by the time I finally talked to you, I realized how desperately I needed to talk to somebody because I, even one of my, one of the first doctors, they were like, yeah, you, you know, um, it, ooh, it was even before I lost my period, I recognized that I had some, you know, psychotic eating patterns and the, the doctor said, yeah, he was like, this is definitely disordered eating. I said, well, what am I supposed to do about it? And he was like, you should probably go, you know, to therapy. I was like, oh, never mind, not doing that. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your opinion. But then when I finally talked to you and you got on the call and I think you were probably confused, like, okay, you're recovered. Like, what do yeah, you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just wanted mental confirmation because I had done it all on my own. I had completely gotten rid of all the doctors, because they were in my mind, stupid. I know not all of them are, but it, I was so mad because I had been you know, turned down and misled by three or four. And uh, when you asked me what happened, it was like, oh, gut wrenching. You know, like, how did this happen? And I didn't even really know what to say. And I know that you're opening this certification program and I hope I'm like top on the list because I, I can't wait to, you know, do what you're doing and, and try to help somebody else out of this, but, oh, I lost my train of thought. I can't remember where I was going with that, but yeah. I am excited. What we, we, we talked about, um, I asked what happened and you were like, I don't even know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what happened. Um, and I remember we, we looked at yeah it was like okay you're recovered but there's something like I I almost feel like you weren't sure like you needed confirmation that you had done that you had done it um and that you were very anxious about something like the whole process like maybe what to do next like how to kind of maintain this Um, yeah what do I do now that I've like finished like I've got the period back like what do I do yeah Um, and you had I thought one thing I remember which is actually so funny to me um 
so typically when people get their first few recovery periods, they don't look super crash hot. And I didn't know what yours looked like. You had recovered a few times, but we had, you know, we had spoke and I had your chart and I was, I was looking at it and I, I keep track of my clients charts on the back end so I can see them um, through an app, even like without talking to you. And I remember texting you and being like, Hey, take a pregnancy test. Cause you had like a, like right. a, like 16, 15 day luteal phase or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, I never see that. Like I never right. see it. It's really good. Um, it's, it was like so good. Like the only time I see it is like, because someone's pregnant. Um, it's, I, it's ideal. It's a, it's like the gold standard is like 14 <laughs> to 16 days. People right. are like scraping through on 10, 11 days usually. So I was like, take a test. Cause it's like, nine and a half out of 10 times I'm working with someone who's trying to get pregnant and that's what it looks like and right. then you were like oh shit because you, <laughs> you didn't want to be pregnant and I just like totally spaced on that you didn't want to be pregnant and so I was like talking to you as though like hey this could be really good and then you were like this is not good well you, you, weren't, you weren't pregnant but no, I wasn't. But you know what, what had happened is I had just booked a cruise that morning and I didn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just booked a cruise to go um, to Greece and Italy. And I didn't, I don't think I got, I didn't get the insurance. And I was like, who's going to watch my two month old baby? <laughs> that was my, that's, that's how not ready I was. And then, and then sure. I was like, oh my God, you might not be though. You might not be. Cause yeah. you started, you started like freaking out about, I was like, you don't even know, go take the test. <laughs> and then you took the test. Yeah. And, yeah. I was like, <gasps> it's, it'll, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm sure I could have adapted, but it just, it wasn't. No, it's just funny. <laughs> it hey. was it looking back on it. It's, it's, hysterical now but um but yeah it was very I, I wasn't sure how to 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 chart and you taught me that and mm. um, I just looking. remember you just I just remember be, like talking to me like you're doing great like you just need to be stopping so hard on yourself like I just remembered that for the because we only we, we just did a single call um, right. And I like reviewed all of your stuff and like had some idea, like some, some basic, like little ideas to help you optimize, which you obviously did. And then you had like these great cycles, but, um, I, I do remember just having to be like, Abby, you are a human being <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're doing great. Like there's not actually, um, anything wrong. Like you're on the path and that's where you're supposed well, to be. I and I felt like I was doing something wrong because nobody else besides us I feel like talks about this mm -hmm. everybody else that I mean like at work they do like a weight loss challenge and um, you know everybody else that I know is always trying to lose weight and they're like oh you're trying to gain weight oh how wonderful and you know like just really almost making it a joke like, oh, you, you don't need anything. What are you, what are you doing? And I felt completely alone. And, you know, my husband is a boy. He doesn't really get it. He was like, yay, hormones. Yeah. And then my, you know, even my bestie and my mom, like they, they supported, but they didn't know how, because other than the books that I had read and having the podcast, I wasn't sure. I didn't feel like I could trust any of the doctors. So I, I just wanted somebody to give me that gold star. You. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah, no, I get that. You're a lot of people just need that. Like I'm because we have a hard time applying facts to ourselves. Even, even yes. when it comes to like, you knew that rest days had benefits, right? Like you yep. knew that fueling <laughs> your workouts had benefits. So why did that not apply to you? We right. don't apply logic to ourselves. We think we're special. We think we're unique. We think that, um, you know, doing it that way sounds too good. Like rest right. days sound too good. I don't deserve, that's not going to work for me. It's very interesting. So it, often in the other direction, we need confirmation because it's like, well, recovery, like weight gain doesn't sound like, so, like it doesn't sound I like healthy. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I was also very confused because, you know, I'd picked up um, some, like one of the intuitive eating book 
Mm-hmm. And I was reading through that and, and, and working through that and applying like the food recommendations that you had given me. And I was full. I was satisfied. I liked what I was eating. I wasn't craving things like a mad woman anymore. And I was like, okay, this probably isn't going to be forever. This is just one of the many. Scary, scary yes. feel all those things. Yes. And I thought for sure, like, okay, well, when's this going to end and look at all of the damage I'm doing? Cause I felt like I was just causing myself more damage. Look at all the damage I'm doing by this, you know, you're gaining weight. Oh no. Let's see if you can get back down to the same weight and still have a period. And so everything felt like it was still a punishment. And then when I started to let go of that, it, I was like, this oh my goodness, how I just live my life. Like this is actually an option. It's scary. Cause there's no like rules. There's no guidelines. Yes. There's no guidelines. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I would like a scoop of ice cream, I can have a scoop of ice cream and then I'm done. What one? Why? Mm-hmm. And cause it used to be like, oh, we have ice cream in the fridge. It's on or the freezer. Uh-huh. It's, it's gone. Like it's here. And then it has to be removed because I know. I'm it eating crazy? it all. Right. Yes. And you don't believe it's possible. You're like, this is just my personality. This is, and you hear, oh, okay. I'll hear people who don't, not in this space are just like, I just, you know, I just am obsessed with food or like, I, you know, I just am a foodie. And Ashley and I have been toying with this idea of like, is anyone actually a foodie? Right. Is anyone actually unable to like, like, does anyone actually have to inhale their whole meal or are they just hungry? Are they that deprived? Are they that mentally not connected to themselves and what they're eating that they've developed this obsession? I felt the same way. And so when you actually keep, when you keep levels of restriction in your recovery, which most of us do at some point, takes us a while to even identify that we're holding on to some rules and guidelines because they keep us safe, but the brain knows that there's restriction. And so you continue to have like a binge restrict type of relationship with food um, until you can fully be like, everything is an option. I even had an issue with fruit. Because I mean, I can remember well back when I wasn't able to buy the food, you know, when, when my mom would buy the food, like, oh, there's, there's a bag of grapes in there. That bag of grapes is supposed to last us a week. And that idea would freak me out on grapes. I'm like, (laughs) I have to eat them all. (laughs) And then, you know, even, even as an adult, it, it took me a long time to work out of that. I mean, even when you're going to a restaurant, this is the only time you get to eat it. You got to eat it now. And, and it's, it, you know, I'm starting to notice that more and more that like, yeah, I can make these delicious recipes from a book. I can cook with butter. I can have oil. And yeah, I might've had country fried steak for dinner on Friday, which to many is not seen as a super healthy meal, but I've actually gotten to a place where I don't have to think about my weight anymore. Like I could, you know, if I weigh myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. And, and it, to me, was never possible to stay at any weight. If I ate what I wanted, I was going to gain. And that was the biggest fear of going backwards. But I'm just shocked to see that now that there's no measurement, there's no heavy thinking about it, that I'm finally free from it. And it just breaks breaks me to see how many people are not free from something that they need. Like, you know, you know, you need food. You can never officially break up from it, but it ruins so many parts of their life and they're, they're not living at all because of it, because of how much brain space it takes up because of how much time, because of, yeah, it's just crazy. But yeah. So that, that is my story. And I hope that it can help somebody because these conversations were what helped me. And so it's, it's really, 100%. I feel like I've come for a circle for a yeah. full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to kind of end with this for us in listening to your story and how well you have articulated it 
and the feelings and experiences and how much of it you have been through that is like shared experiences that everyone can kind of listen to like yeah that was me that was me those um those attributes make really good coaches and make like really helpful and impactful help and just knowing that you have an interest in finding some way to contribute to this like this community and these people like I really I feel wholeheartedly that you will be amazing at it like no matter what what you choose if you choose to just like post online or if you choose to start coaching or if you choose to go into some field where like maybe it comes up like I don't know um but I can tell that you will have the like a gift for it for sure just in your ability to have like say hey yeah I know how that feels and it feels like this and I relate and here's why it's not it's not true yeah well thank you I appreciate that and you know it's just it just is such a testimony to what you you did because I you know none of the doctors seem to care and it's, it makes a difference when you have somebody that has been through it and is strictly in it to, to be like, Hey, yeah. I can, I can save you. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story on the show. I'm sure people absolutely loved it. Um, guys, everyone loves Abby. Abby, are you online? Oh, are thanks. you um, not really. I mean, I've got a no, Facebook, okay. but I'm kind of like, okay. all good. All good. Well, when I, I get my certification, maybe I'll change that. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Abby. And see you in our text messages. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, And I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code 
AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.